Our first language is almost dead. Our first language isn't written. Much of it isn't even spoken. Our first language is the reciprocal relationship we have with the natural world. That relationship is manifested in the way we exist within our place. That language is the way we communicate with our surroundings. How do we impact our place in the world and how does that a place affect us? What elements of nature do we turn into resources? Do we create sustainable systems for the give and take of our relationship with the earth? Our first language is a language of the senses. The moist smell of decaying plant matter from the edge of the woods. The sight of a flashing white tail as deer bound away. The rush of flavor as you taste a small wild strawberry from the edge of a farmer's field. The feel of a slippery trout as you release it from the hook. Words are not said, but stories between us and our place are told in these exchanges. As recorded time moves on, fewer of us intentionally engage in this conversation with our place. In 1864, George Perkins Marsh published Man and Nature. Marsh was a Vermonter who realized that people were no longer aware of the conversation nature was having with us. His book was over 400 pages of examples explaining how people were destroying the sustainable balance of nature. His message included the warning that if we didn't begin listening to the world around us, we could wipe out our species. Marsh warned that the reciprocal relationship we had with the natural world was no longer understood as we had stopped using our senses to see, hear, speak, feel, and taste our conversation with the plants, animals, land, and water of our place. Many scholars say Marsh's work was a founding document of the environmental movement in the United States. The idea of knowing how to hear, read, and understand nature, and how civilized man is in conflict with the concept, is told in Gilgamesh, one of the oldest written stories of civilization. In the 4,000-year-old story, the major character Enkidu plays the part of the native. He represents those who continue to live close to the land and forage for their survival. The story is told through the eyes of the civilized man Gilgamesh. In this civilized version of our relationship with nature, Enkidu is perceived as the enemy who must be destroyed or acculturated. His lifestyle, living within nature and not wanting to conquer it, goes against civilized thought. In Gilgamesh's eyes, the natural world is here to meet the needs of the people. It must be conquered, not listened to. That's one of the reasons why our first language is almost dead. For at least 4,000 years we've been telling the story that we don't need to have a reciprocal relationship with nature. Our task is to control, not communicate, with the place we are in. This is our mistake. Half a world away from the Gilgamesh story, there lived a people in our river valley known as the Abnaki. We should learn their story. <laughs>